Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 5, Episode 7, titled Stand Up Smackdown. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one dilatory co-host. From the Bloody Podcast, please say... Marianne Williamson. To Lori Roddenkamp. What was that sound? What did they say? Hold on, let me get it for you again. You don't know. Let me lower the music here. Let me lower the music, and then I will. Even, I'll, even, I'll even fade out. Let's fade out of the music. So you can hear. All right, here we go. Marianne Williamson. <laughs> he said Marianne Williamson. We we just did the world's longest just between us girls. For those of you who aren't Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash afterthought media, we do a show. It's not even I wouldn't call it a show because the show implies like there's like a show. It's yeah. just we just shoot the shit before the show. And then whenever we naturally are done shooting the shit before the show, we start the show. And we release that and it's called Just Between Us Girls. Whenever we're naturally done with the show, we then go on for 20 more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And uh, we did. We just did like a 45 minute. Like we're, we're already an hour after we were supposed to start the show. We already are like. Um, and here's the here's the thing. I and was, it's a big show. Like this is a we I we really should not have done so much of a yeah, pre show. We're, we're going to be here all day because. And, and but, but we might be OK because actually so everyone knows. Lori and I are stand-up comedy nerds, right? So yes. we are just going to go to town on the stand-up. And I have so much to say, and I've been itching to say it. But actually, everything outside the stand-up, apart from maybe the rehearsal, because it has to do with stand-up, I don't have much to say. So we might zip through the other things. But expect yeah. a two-hour show on the stand on the stand-up alone. And we're gonna I, I pulled the audio of the stand-up, so we're gonna analyze that. Uh, oh great! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a whole thing. But uh, anyway, if you wanted to hear a forty-five minute just between us girls, go over to Patreon.com/slash/AfterthoughtMedia. Join at the premium level, and it's all yours for the listening. But let's jump right into it. This week, the queens perform on stage for the stand-up SmackDown on the runway. The category is Freak Out. On the main stage, Miss Cracker is named the All Star of the Week for the second week in a row. Later, Miss Cracker bests this week. Lip, lip, this week's lip sync assassin. Which I have a lot to say about this lip sync too. Miss Kennedy Davenport in season seven. With great power comes great responsibility, and Cracker uses that power to declare that the next queen going home. The joke there actually uses that power to declare that the next queen going home is Blair St. Clair, Lori Rocking Camp. Oh. Name two things you liked about the episode, and one thing you did not. Okay. Um, I liked Shea Coulee stand up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the order that uh, Miss Cracker put everybody in, okay. and I liked that she explained right. it. Okay. I like. I thought that was great. Um, it actually made me respect her for the first time during this show. For the first time. Um, and what I didn't like was everything else. Yeah, I think I'm in a similar boat. In fact, I think you were more generous than I was um, in that. I have a clock. Uh, I, um, uh, I, I actually, to be honest with you, I cheated a little bit. 
and I only have one thing that I liked and several things that I did not like. Yeah, well, I have a lot of that too, but you I have to stick I to run the, two the things. show, Lori. It's good to be Fine. king. All right. Or queen in this I'm case. hanging up now. I'm All hanging right. up now unless unless I can get my <laughs> Bye. All right. Uh I only liked one thing here. This stand-up act, but not for all the wrong reasons. I guess what I like about it. I was thinking of saying that. Yeah. Uh, It reminded me of our days at Martini Blues. I was just going to say that. Not not like open mic, but like competition level. Yes. I was going to say the ultimate laugh down. The ultimate laugh down. Okay. So Lori and I met for, because I know people at Afterthought in the, who are Patreon know this. But Lori and I met as young stand-up comics uh, at this bar in Huntington Beach, California called Martini Blues. No longer exists. R.I.P. R.I.P. But there was a man there named Bill Word who he's not R.I.P., right? No, no, but he's trying to be. He's going on long hikes. (laughs) He has a heart condition. Yeah. So He's he's desperately trying to die for some reason. He used to run a bunch of comedy shows. It was basically, I will say it was an amazing place for a young stand-up to start. But it was called Martini Blues, and he one of the things he did was he had these comedy competitions. So he had an open mic night that were eight-hour-long shows. And then um, he had uh, this, these comedy competitions. Uh, one of them was called The Ultimate Laugh Down. So what Laurie is talking about. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. This was not an open mic set. This was an Ultimate Laugh Down set. Particularly the ultimate, this, yeah. the ultimate Laugh Down was uh, uh, audience votes. Yeah, the audience so votes. So he would have a couple different competitions throughout the year yeah. where they, he would bring in judges mm-hmm. and then the audience would vote. But this was purely the audience votes. Yeah. So if you bring the most people, yeah. you win. Although yeah. there were some fun times, I don't know if you remember, where people would bring people and then they wouldn't move they wouldn't be first or yeah. they would be like they would barely make it or they wouldn't make it and then you would see them fighting with their friends after that like why did you vote for me bro <laughs> yeah what they didn't understand what, what happened was they would put their friend number one but the mistake yes. they made is they would put the next best person or who actually would the, they would actually put the actual best person as second which elevated that person yeah yeah and then everybody else would put them that person as one yes Exactly. So, yeah, it was pretty great. Anyway, yes, this was the ultimate laugh down. I thought the exact same thing. Now, there are several things I didn't like. Second, one of them being the stand up routines. Uh, next, um, someone said this on one of the live show things on one of our million shows that we do, but they likened uh, the, the, the lip syncs, uh, what we've seen so far this season, all stars. As almost like watching wrestling, where the fic, the 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 the, uh, the match is thrown, and I think you could have had an argument whether that was true or not through most of the season. But based on what I saw and what I know of Kennedy Davenport and how she performs, I believe that. Have you ever seen Kennedy really? do lip syncs? Kennedy is a force of nature on a lip sync i think it's why they saved her for the second to last episode then she's probably the last lip sync assassin i imagine and so uh i've seen her lip sync and she wasn't great the last time i saw her lip sync what so, did you see her lip sync oh i can't remember i think what was it season seven was she in season seven she was in season seven yeah, yeah. 
she didn't do very well in season seven. I felt like I think it depended on the song, but she but she definitely was more alive on stage than she was on what we saw. It here's what it literally looked like. Mm-hmm. It literally looked like uh, that somebody she had a microphone in her ear, mm-hmm. and somebody had, a, had another microphone, and they were literally going, "Okay, the next lyric is I remember it all very well. Looking back, it was the summer I eighteen. We lived in a one one room rundown shack. Yeah, and because you would just hear her like like a split second after the lyric, just go. Like she would say it like almost uh, me, almost right after the lyric. But I'm happened. almost wondering if that was an editing. Sh- well, we're getting to the lip sync. We're getting to the lip sync. Okay, we'll get to it later. Also, look, I love the song "Fancy" as much as every other gay guy does. Uh, and uh, do lesbians like "Fancy," Lori? I should ask you. I love that song. I yeah. th- I was telling my aunt that I listened to that song loud, blaring it, blasting mm-hmm. it when I went to when I would go to high school. Yeah. And I pull up in the driveway or not driveway, but I pull up in the parking lot at high school and, and I, people used to stare at me and I'd be like, what? It's a great song. And then I re- realized what the lyrics were, Yeah, you know, cause when you're like 17, you're not paying attention to shit. So I realized later on with the lyrics were, and I was like, Oh my God, this is, this is even better. Yeah. So then I fell in love with it even more. What's really weird is at a certain age, my mom got sick and she handed me a locket that said, to thine own self be true. And she said, but Tansy, don't let me down. Yeah. But I didn't know what she that meant. I didn't know this. Yeah, she did. I didn't know what she meant. Uh, <laughs> with a long slit. I also was fucking guys for money, but it had nothing to do with this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know what that meant. Uh, okay. So let's actually get right into this because, we're, guys, I'm telling you. We'll just have to take a break. We'll do everything. We'll take the break right before the stand-up comedy thing because we're going to fucking go on for days about that. Yeah. Uh, After Alexis's elimination, Cracker is glad she lost a lip sync because she doesn't want to send someone home. Ms. Cracker reveals she would have sent home Alexis. Blair St. Clair thanks the others for saving her. And the queens congratulate each other for making it to the final four. Uh, The next day, RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's Maxi Challenge. For this week's Maxi Challenge, you'll face off in a stand-up comedy smackdown. (laughs) Hashtag All Stars 5. Each of you needs to work up a comedy routine that is jam-packed with jokes. Yuck yucks, you know, (laughs) ha-has. I'm drinking champagne. (laughs) Now later today. What the fuck? I didn't know what that meant. Who... When she no. said, hey, yeah, yeah, I'm drinking champagne. I don't know. Is that, a, is that a quote from something? It's got to be a reference to something, right? It has right? to be a or, reference. Maybe someone in the chat room knows. I was telling my aunt, I was like, that's got to be a reference to some comedy routine. Yeah, it must be a reference. Yeah. I can't I can't imagine that RuPaul was just like, that's what I consider stand up. Yeah. Here we go. Okay, you'll try out your material with the hilarious Ross Matthews and a mystery funny lady. It's Jane Krakowski from 30 Rock. Yeah. Who is a very funny lady. Known stand-up comic, Jane Krakowski. Don't get me wrong. A very funny comedy actress, right? Oh, extremely funny. Extremely funny. If this was was scene, if this Mm -hmm. was comedic scene acting, I would be like, Jane Krakowski is your your woman. Yeah. She's the one who's going to teach you how to do, how to approach a scene comedically. Yeah. And tomorrow, you'll perform in front of a live audience at RuPaul's Shady Shack. Okay. 
All right. Uh, back in the workroom, the queens start writing their material for their stand-up comedy challenge. Shay feels insecure about her stand-up skills, and Cracker chooses the order strategically. Laura, we have a lot to break down here. Uh, let's start with uh, right after Alexis Mateo's elimination. They all go to the workroom. They're chit-chatting. Did you have any thoughts there on that whole segment? Um, No. I pretty much just felt like, you know, I look, I thought... Again, I thought that uh, uh, Miss Cracker was kind of mugging for the camera, yeah. where she was like, "I got it. I really went with my gut." And I, but and even Jujubee kind of called her out and was like, "God, you really made me feel like you picked me or some or Shay mm-hmm. or something." Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that, or the only other thing I'll say that frustrated me was that Shay said that when she voted for Alexis, she felt like it was a little bit of redemption. Mm-hmm. And again, I would like to point out, Shay, you were in the fucking bottom. She voted for you because you gave her that chance. And mm-hmm. everybody should be doing that. Uh, Ms. Cracker should have voted for you. She should have voted for you or Jujubee. But she didn't. And that's yeah. dumb. We're going to get to this later because Shay brings this up later on another part. I think it's Elimination Day. The sense of entitlement with Shay. And by the way, this is not this is a thing. I don't know why in All-Stars, nearly every All-Stars season, there is a queen who feels... That despite the fact that they're in a competition with nine other queens, that this that this crown belongs to them, and that if they don't get it, it is unfair and it's highway robbery. Even though there are nine other queens vying for this, and Shay is that person's that person for this season, and it's turned me. I, it's funny because as as much as Shay has delivered, and she has. The entitlement has completely turned me off. Trixie Mattel had that in All Stars three. Uh, I I kind of think Shangela had it too. They both had it in All Stars four. Um, I don't even know who was All Stars four, but uh, All Stars two. Alaska had it. Alaska landed up winning. Um, so there was this sense of entitlement, like this crown is mine, and if you like, almost as if someone dares to challenge her. That they are stealing, like a like a criminal act, if they take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it to me, to be honest with you, I I mm-hmm. fully agree. I feel yeah. like it's made me like uh, Shay less. Yeah. But she, you know, I mean, to be fair, she still I feel like brings it talent wise mm-hmm. in certain. Like I felt she did a great job in the stand up. So you know, it's one of those things where it's like I I'm like you know maybe she does deserve to win, but. It's it's the fact that she cannot see past that somebody voted for her that frustrates me so much because it's like if you are in the bottom, mm-hmm. you could get voted for. Yeah, that's yeah. just how it works. Like yeah. these queens are acting like, oh, there's no way you can vote for me, even though they were in the bottom. They mm-hmm. are able. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm like I can't I can't keep arguing it because I feel like I'm driving myself crazy. But it's mm-hmm. like it's one of those things where I don't understand why it's so insane to everybody that Jujubee could have been voted for or yeah. Shay could have been voted for. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a contender to go home. Uh, by the way, in the chat room, people have pointed out, I think very wisely uh, that both Latrice and Trinity had that sense of entitlement as well when they showed up on the show and that they're right, uh, especially for Latrice. Um, the one thing I will say though is, this, as much as I don't think, it, it, I think it was bullshit for them to send Alexis home and not Blair, I will say, so that I don't counter what I said earlier when they would have voted, when Alexis voted for Shay, this is the first time the bitches actually voted wisely. 
where they got rid of fierce competition, which is what they should have been doing. I said that last, yeah, I said that last episode. I said the, they are doing what they should have done, but masking it as something else. Yeah. They're saying that they're, they're saying that they got rid of her because they didn't trust her or whatever. No, you got rid of her because she was competition. Yes. If Blair had done the same thing, I doubt they would have gotten rid of but her. But I will say, and and I'm going to, I know there are probably some very fragile egos out there in the listenership that will get mad when I say this, but I think that there's some pretty solid evidence that we're going to see. And I'm not saying it's Blair's fault. And I don't, and I think it is on the part of mostly the producers and the editors here where there is some definite white privilege and Blair gets the advantage of this white privilege on this episode. And we'll talk about it when oh, the time really? comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I feel like she actually got screwed in this episode. Oh, well, we'll get into it, but yeah, I yeah. feel like pe- they they kind of they kind of did her dirty, in my opinion. Oh, 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 because- oh, oh in the stand-up act, you're right, they did. Yeah. But that's because they had to justify her going home. But I think the actual show itself, you know, I went on a rant about this earlier. I mean, the the caucasity of what's been going on. It's like it's RuPaul's Drag Race on one hand. Um, they it, they're it's all performative. They say we believe in black rights and blah 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 blue, but um, and the media does the same thing. The media that covers drag does the same thing, but uh, but yet, I, I will get to it when at Blair's limit. We'll get to it in the appropriate time. But so there's Blair, Jeez. but then also, and I want to rant about this again. This Miss Cracker is not funny. I don't know who told her she's funny. Somebody told her she's funny. And for some reason, a lot of people believe this, but she's not. One, two. She's funny-ish. She's mediocre, right? And the fact that I saw this week that Van... First of all, she's been on the Bon Appetit channel a couple of times as this, like... Oh, oh my God. The the hilarious Miss Cracker is here on Bon Appetit channel. Oh my God. Yay. Right? Which Bon Appetit has been having uh problems with how they portray people of color on their network anyway, right? Who have they had? Oh, they've had Shangela, but they've had uh Trixie and Cracker, right? The 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 patron saints of of uh fragile white twink worshippers everywhere, right? Two, Vanity Fair. This week, and I don't know why this infuriates me so much, did a profile of a day in the life of Ms. Cracker. Who the fuck cares about a day in the life of this barring Ms. Cracker? I don't like her. I'm sure she's a nice person. Meanwhile, this Jada Essence Hall wins season 12. Where have you seen Jada Essence Hall covered Anywhere in the media, but this Gigi Good gets like a L'Oreal contract or something. Gigi Good's everywhere. She didn't even fucking win. Anyway, sorry. Well, I I think some people obviously do want to see her. I mean, people don't people don't p- promote somebody because nobody wants to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know it, it's been noted that Bob the drag queen said that Cracker is one of the funniest people he knows. So I have think you, seen, you know have I think you it's seen one of those Bob's- things where you have to. Go ahead. I think it's one of the things where you have to see see Miss Cracker live. No, I definitely no. watching the stand up. I definitely feel like I was like, oh, I think maybe I would. It's kind of like in my opinion, you know. I know this is going to be maybe a hot button topic, but Krista Elia, 
Krista Elliott is hilarious live. You watch him live and you're like, oh my God, that's the funniest shit I've ever seen. You see him on TV and you're like, eh, it's okay. It's fine. No, but then you also know that there are these people like Krista Elliott and like um, Eliza Schlesinger where they try and make them a thing. People are obsessed with this. Eliza Schlesinger is horrible. They keep trying to make her a thing. Why? Because she's a blonde white girl. But let me go back to what you just said right now. She also has a sketch show on Netflix. I don't know if you've checked <laughs> it, it out. Is it good? I haven't watched it. Yeah, exactly. No one has. They keep trying to make Eliza Schlesinger a thing. It's never going to happen. Anyway, uh, get, come, get it, get it, corporate America. For some reason, corporate America looks at these people like America is going to love them. And they, okay, I can get that. And they try once, they try twice, they try three times, fail every single fucking time. This Eliza Schlesinger is a horrible person. I don't care. Take a clip of this and send it to her. I don't care. She's a horrible person. She's a piece of crap. She's horrible to people. I hope she, I hope everything that bad happens to horrible people happens to her. Anyway. Take that clip and send it to her. I don't care. Let me tell you, this uh, this Bob the Drag Queen. Did you see this this Queen stand up special? If you can even find it anymore, horrible, horrible, awful. And, and talking about the ultimate laugh down, it's like it's like the ultimate laugh down, but for forty five minutes. It's a horrible stand up. They they treat it like this. Like oh my god. There's such there's such low expectations for drag queens. Why does it be a drag queen? There's nothing wrong with being a drag queen. Yeah, I I think that now it's like drag. It's almost like, in my opinion, like it's because drag queen is becoming the stand up comic of, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, you do stand up comedy. Do you also write movies and do TV shows? Yeah, you know, it's exactly. that uh, Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah. Where, well, know, you know, they know expect joke. you. What? Sorry. I don't know that joke. I'm going to say butcher it, but it's like, it's, he basically said, it's like, you know, being a stand-up comic is also like being a chef at a restaurant and they're like, Oh, do you also deliver the food and wait on the staff? And he's like, no, I'm a fucking chef. Like I cook the food. So you're right. You know, I think that I, I feel bad, but look, I mean, like I said, I will say this. I did. There were aspects of it that I did think were funny for Miss Cracker. I didn't think she did the best job, but I will say, I thought, she did a brilliant job at placing the queens. Well, okay, the way so she let, did. let's get to that. So later in the workroom, she comes up with the the lineup, and she puts uh, Blair no Juju B first, and then Blair goes second, and then it's her, and then it's um, Shay. Tell me about why you you know Laura, you are one of the most experienced and respected and well and and, and comics in. Los Angeles. So tell us about why you uh, why you thought that. Um, you know, I also i um, I will yeah. say that I have you know I have been to Montreal. I've been, mm-hmm. I've been to Jeff for less. I have <laughs> performed in Best of Fest. That is true. So it Boy, was in twenty eleven, and uh, and you know my career. I went I went with Dan Soder, and I feel like me and Dan Soder have had basically similar trajectories. Who are you career. talking about? Dan, if you look up Dan Soder, he's like a really well-known comic now and he's traveling he's doing mm-hmm. really well um he he's really funny mm-hmm. but uh what i'm trying to say is i'm not well respected <laughs> at all so this is coming from a comedian who um you know has had a lot of breaks but couldn't make it work um the reason why i respected cracker was because she didn't try and pussyfoot around the the, everything she didn't try and sell upsell people and say like oh i'm putting you first because i think you're so great that i think it's going to be blah 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 
she legit said, I'm trying to fuck all of you over and this is how I'm going to do it. I mean, not in those exact words, but she, she basically, that's what she said. And I, I, that was the first time that I was like, okay, Miss Cracker's here to play. And I respect that. You she, didn't get the impression that she was doing it semi tongue in cheek. No. You know, what's I so mean, funny. I'll even just interrupt you for a second. I think what was sort of brilliant about it, it was tongue in cheek, but she was actually really doing it. You know, where it was like, I'm doing it to fuck you over. And she did it with a twinkle in their eye. Like almost I'm being funny, but she was like, no, no, no I'm, re- I'm really doing that. I'm yeah. laughing as I tell you that I'm doing that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. She was like trying to pass it off as a joke, but she's yeah. like, it's like how guys always go. What happens if we have a threesome? Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Would it be hilarious? Uh, but, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, that was my way of getting to, uh, or trying to at least getting straight guys to hook up with me in college. Like, wouldn't it be so funny if I blew you and you like whipped out your dick right now? <laughs> hilarious, right? By the way, and they'd be like, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it wasn't a total. It worked actually, sort of. But anyway. Oh, okay. Or they'd be like, no, man, that wouldn't be funny at all. And you'd be like, yeah, of yeah, course. No, I was, was joking. It was a joke. It was yeah. a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the lineup was great. Now, usually with a low number with four people, mm-hmm. the way that you're positioned doesn't technically matter. Because no matter what, people are going to remember you. Now, the reason why this was genius was because the two queens who went first shit the bed so bad yeah, yeah. that Cracker actually did a great job. I might disagree with you, but we'll listen to it. Okay, go ahead. So, I, don't know Juju, I don't know if Juju necessarily shit the bed that bad. Well, she she did in the beginning. Okay. Um, so I think that uh, she, so she put Juju up first because Juju's very funny, but Juju's more of a you have to get to know her kind of person. Mm-hmm. You have to allow time to get to know her so that putting her up first is actually really smart because it forces her to have to instantly get people on her side, which she has a hard time doing. Mm -hmm. She's a very like slow, if she was put up third, she would have killed. So that's great. Now she put Blair up second because uh, Juju did do well towards the end of her set. And she knew that Blair is a newbie who's going to be nervous and putting her up second is going to be like, oh, see, Blair didn't do that great. She put herself third because then she comes in and kind of sucks up the, you know, takes up the energy mm-hmm. vacuum that everybody was desperate for because the the air was sucked out of the room when Blair shit the bed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she did a great job with Shay because Shay actually did a good job but she even said it. She goes, people are going to be thinking, am I laughing because Cracker was so funny? Or am I laughing because this was actually funny? And I think that's why the judges, she did it. She was talking about audience. She meant judges. Mm-hmm. I think that's why the judges picked her was because I don't think that Cracker necessarily was the funniest joke wise, but she had the energy and she had the delivery and she put herself in a prime position to where she, the judges saw that and they were like, oh, well, yeah, we're going to pick her. So I thought she did a great job. In terms of the lineup, I mostly agree with you. I just think it's more simple than like, yeah, I'm going to let Juju, Juju, who's who could actually give me competition, I'm going to put her in the toughest spot and have her take the bullet. Uh, Blair's going to shit the bed right before me, which is fantastic, right? And yeah. then she knows, she she I think she's gambling, but it's not a hard gamble, that Shay's not a funny person. So in best case scenarios, she's just okay which is what happened. Worst case scenario, she also shits the bed, which highlights how great she was. 
Yeah. You know, but uh, but I think you and I are going to have different opinions when we actually get to the stand up acts. Um, before now, before we take a break, actually, it's time for us sort of to take a break. Why don't we actually take because it makes it, I think we're going to have a lot to say about that rehearsal too. So why don't we do this, Lori? Okay. Why don't we actually take a break right now? And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rehearsal with, uh, with, uh, uh, Jane Krakowski and Ross Matthews. We're going to talk about, uh, and then we're going to get right into, um, the actual stand-up special. Sound good? Yeah. All right. So we'll take a break and we'll be back right after this. Lori, now we are back from the break. We are going to talk about the, the <clears throat> stand-up rehearsal. Here we go. On the main stage, 30 Rock alum Jane Krakowski and Ross Matthews join the Queens for rehearsal. Juju struggles with joke structure. Blair garners high praise for her material. Cracker needs to get out of her head. And finally, Shay gets some advice. Dredge up her loss at the season nine finale. Lori, I'm. I think you hinted yesterday on, on the first response, but I think you have a lot of thoughts about this rehearsal. Uh, yes. First off, um, uh, like I will say before, I like Ross Matthews. I think he's a very he's a cute little feller, mm-hmm. and I think he's you know conversationally funny. I thought he did great in the improv thing, um, but he's not a stand up. No. He's not, he doesn't know. And and I think that was proven in when he gave like, just remember the beats of the joke, do the setup and then mm-hmm. the punchline. It's like, yeah. that's not, that's no. a generic thing. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not a thing. No. Um, I mean, it, you know, it is how you do a joke, but it's mm-hmm. like, that's, you could just, those words mean nothing to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Jane Krakowski, I felt like was trying her best. Yeah, I mean, but, look, she shows up to do this thing, and all of a sudden they throw her into this. She's like, "Oh God," you know. I don't blame Jane Krakowski. No, I thought she was trying her best. I thought she legitimately was trying to give good advice, which you know, in some instances mm-hmm. she did. But I don't think I I don't understand why they couldn't get a stand up. Con- I mean, they've had Whitney Cummings on the show. Mm-hmm. Why not have her come and do it? Why mm-hmm. not have her help? See that this is the problem I see mm-hmm. with all this stuff. Is these are people who do not understand comedy. No, they don't understand what like the they just think stand up storytelling, uh, roasting, uh, monologues. They think that's all the same thing. They don't understand comedy, and they're telling these queens to do comedy and do specific versions of comedy, and then not giving them any advice, and then judging them later. And I I think that's fucking ridiculous. It's funny. This is a great way to sort of draw a parallel with a point I was making on the rumor mill this week. I went on a huge rant on the rumor mill about how the show just in a, in a weirdly offensive way disregards the differences between all cultures, Latin, different, different Latin cultures and just sees them as one monolithic group. Yeah. And that's exactly it. Like then in other words, they see Puerto Ricans and Cubans and Mexicans and Bolivians and Chileans and Argentinians and Brazilians. They're all Spaniards. They're all the same fucking tortilla, avocado, guacamole joke. Right. And it's the same thing. What you're saying is like, oh, well, it's it's you're funny, you know, like for me. And I think I've said this before. 
I had to work really hard to be like a mediocre stand-up, right? But I feel my true strength is in podcasting, right? You're way funnier than me in stand-up. Shannon is way funnier than I am in stand-up, right? Shannon's guys- great at stand She's Yeah. I'm I'm upset that she doesn't do more stand-up. I Maybe feel like she, will she now, would have Yeah. Like Melissa McQueen, she's great. Yeah. Like I feel like she her and Melissa McQueen would have like a I, Melissa McQueen's doing really well. Yeah. But I feel like Shannon could also be doing just as well. I agree as well. And uh, but ne- not necessarily as uh, you know that doesn't mean you're a good writer. It doesn't mean you're necessarily a great uh, sketch artist. And I'm sure you know sketch and improv people who are horrible at stand up. I mean, there are just different ways yeah. of doing comedy. Uh, Jane Krakowski is a great example and a brilliant comic actress. Oh my god, there are moments with um, uh, what's her 30 Rock character's name again? Uh, Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. Maroney. Jenna, that I'm like literally to this day that I think are so fucking funny, right? But this doesn't mean she's a great stand up. She's probably never I mean, done stand up. This is how funny she is. She's done blackface three times <laughs> and has not been canceled. Exactly. So, right? so this is, that's how funny she is. Yeah, and so so it's it's it, it is offensive to comics and stuff like that. That it, I mean, it's the same thing. Drag queens would say the same thing. There are pageant queens. There are look queens. There are comedy queens. Uh, and to say that they're all the same thing is offensive. You know, it's not respecting the art, not respecting the craft. So anyway, um, what, uh, but, uh, let's, let's actually go through each person that they talk to in the rehearsal. Um, let's talk about Juju B. She did not get a good reaction from Jane and Ross. Uh, Jane says she's struggling with joke structure um what were your thoughts on jujubee's rehearsal if you have any particular things so these rehearsals to me there's a disconnect Mm -hmm. because what we see in rehearsal and what's done on stage are two completely different things yeah for every queen Mm -hmm. for jujubee too Mm -hmm. jujubee had i forgot what she said but she had a funny intro line Mm -hmm. that she didn't keep in when she went into the show Mm -hmm. and that's that's frustrating yeah um to me i feel like there was a second rehearsal that we didn't get to see Mm -hmm. uh for as far as her um rehearsal goes you know i i Excuse me. I thought they gave her good notes, which is that she needs to get to the laugh faster, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is something she struggled with. You know, what's um, the, go ahead. And, but unfortunately, I think what they kind of promoted, which mm-hmm. we can get into this more. Look, there is a, there is a type of stand up or a type of comedy called roasting. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, you know, definitely a different form of comedy. I don't, necessarily view that as stand-up comedy now i know you could argue that yeah don rickles is a stand-up comic and he's made he made a living in a in a you know a a genre of roasting but i think that when you think of stand-up you think set up punchline set up punchline and i don't think that roasting is that and i think that they steered her towards roasting which i don't necessarily feel like is the right out of the gate is not a good thing to do you want the audience to get on your side 
And then, and then maybe you can like a one joke, you can roast somebody, mm-hmm. but she went, they got her out of the gate roasting people. And I think I, I actually agree with the judges that it took a second for them to get on board, but I think that they kind of gave her bad advice yeah. and they pushed her in a, in a direction that they shouldn't have pushed her in. Well, yeah, I agree with you that the act, if you actually listened to Juju's joke that she was telling the bones were actually good. The bones of the joke were good, but they lacked structure. They needed structure. Yes. Here's the thing. I'm going to name a person who is in stand-up comedy. Where I wouldn't say controversial, but I would say she's kind of maligned. And that's Judy Carter, right? Shannon's okay. old boss. And Judy Carter, she's the author of the comedy Bible. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it on bookstores. It's a book you buy. Like, oh, this is how you break into stand-up comedy. And I think a lot of stand-up comics, because what basically Judy did is she turned it into a formula, right? And a lot of stand-up comics might say, well, doing that formula, it breeds mediocre comedians, right? But here's what I'll tell you. Now, now look, traditionally, let's say you never take Judy's class. Mm -hmm. I would say that you start off, you do things really awful, and you do open mic, open mic, and then you start eventually maybe watching better comics you start to learn it right yeah i feel that she there is i i think the strength is that you could take judy's course plug and play into the formula and you will have a decent five minute set right that that's not horrible at the in you know worst case scenario you're in the middle right yes on, on the lower end of the middle the problem is is people can get st- stuck into the structure and they think every joke has to fit the structure and then they can never grow. It might trap you into this one way of doing things. Right. Strangely, by the way, uh, I think if you do (laughs) Judy Carter's formula and you develop your act using it, you could probably do very well in cruise ships where they like that kind of stuff. But like in order to be like a, like a, to, to, if you want to be famous or break, you know what I'm talking about traditionally, what's funny is, and we could analyze this to death, really funny comedians do use the stuff in the formula, but they're able to implement it in a way. Okay. That, uh, it's hidden. It's not as obvious. The point I'm making though, is these drag Queens are so floundering. They need to have Judy now in an ironic twist or coincidence. Judy's ex-wife. Now they're divorced, but Judy's ex-wife was the executive producer of Drag You. So mm. they have access to Judy's skill and expertise. And I know she would love to go in and work with the Queens. But if they but the, the basic Judy Carter premise is this. You state uh uh a, like um an attitude, okay? You make a declarative, not funny statement about what that is. And then you do the act out, right? Okay, so it might be like, like uh, I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna make it up right now. It's like, so there's always like hard, weird, scary, stupid. Okay, so you know what's hard about being a drag queen? Um, the hard thing about being a drag, and then make it the same. The hard thing about being a drag queen is people always want to, you know, talk to your, see if you. Oh, okay. The hard thing about being a drag queen is trying to date a guy, right? And they're like, and so they're like, hey, am I fucking the girl or am I fucking a guy? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. Am I straight or am I gay? That's not a joke. That's not a funny joke. But what I'm saying is 
That is the basic structure of it. Does that make sense? I mean, you could really say that Miss Cracker kind of did that. Yeah, she that's, did that. that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to okay. say she's the one that came closest to a traditional sort of stand-up. You know, let me find a really well, – while well, you give your position here. Um, so anyway, so what Juju B lacked, right? What Juju B lacked is she lacked – she had the good jokes, but they needed someone to say, okay, let's take these jokes, right, and let's actually – uh, put some structure into them. Does that make sense? So, so, so yeah. like, here's what I want to do, Lori. Right now, people will people at home who are listening will hear this. But if you are in the exclusive tier at um, <clears throat> at at, uh, at Patreon.com slash Afterthought Media, you are going to see this. Uh, you're going to see this as well. Let's actually analyze the stand-up of of a comic who's like a, a well-known comic okay let's okay. Let, so yeah we'll and we'll analyze that and um we'll go there are you ready for that yeah okay here we go oh my god yay i also live with my parents so they had said that i was a um, unemployed student when I when they introduced me, so that's why I say <laughs> okay, all right. I live in Orange County and with my parents. Awesome. This is from the very prestigious Just for Last Festival, right? In Chicago, this yeah. is they used to have a Just for Last used to be so popular they would have a. It was like you know how the Olympics is every four years and the Winter mm-hmm. Olympics is like yeah. every two years or something. Um, they would have every two years they would have the. Uh, well, not, I mean, they, every, like, every other year, they would have a <sighs> Just for Last in Chicago as well as the Just for Last in Montreal. All right, here we go. Nice to be here. I, uh, I don't date that much, uh, mainly because my body type doesn't attract the type of person I'm attracted to. Oh, dear God. <laughs> for instance, my body type doesn't say, I like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. You see, there you go. But you did it though, Lori. You see, you set the premise up. You know? Now now the hard, weird, scary, stupid is hidden in the way you delivered the premise, but you delivered the premise. But you have to understand something, guys. In stand-up comedy. It's too long of a premise. I should I yeah, no, 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 cut no, no. It. We can analyze that. But what I'm saying is what I'm saying is there's a premise, but and and you should know this is true for all stand-up. Any stand-up comedy you see, okay? For the most part, 80% of the time, 85% of the time, the joke is in the act out. It's not in the statement. The punchline is in the act out. Would you agree with that, Lori? Yes, unless you're not, if you're not a comic who does act outs, then the, yeah, the but, joke but is in the, the misdirection or the reveal. Yeah. My body type says it puts the lotion on its See? skin. See, that's an act out. It doesn't have to be you change your voice or do a character, but you're again. saying that the that that your body says this, you know. Thank you for laughing at that. <laughs> that was my callback. I always just say thank my you for laughing. My family thinks I'm gay. Okay, wait, and hold on. Here we go. So here's a new premise. That was a terrible comic. Oh okay. my god. Okay. Here's a new premise. My family thinks I'm gay. Not funny in and of itself. And, uh, and the problem I have with that is they won't just come out and ask me. They try and trick me. Okay. So what's hard about your family thinking you're gay is that uh, 
or it makes me mad that my they, they don't they don't just ask me. Here we go. Here comes an act out. Into telling them, like the other day, I went out to dinner See? with my mom. Here and comes. She's like, Lori, what's your favorite food? Hot dogs or tacos? Notice they're laughing at the act out. All right. Well, what about for dessert? Ding dongs or women? Choose one. Okay. So we'll come back to that periodically, but the point I is, say, uh, I couldn't say vagina. You said my the main punchline used to be vagina. Oh, they told you couldn't, and they wouldn't let me say vagina. Oh, really? Yeah. Or I think it was pussy. Yeah, actually. it was pussy. I know that joke. It was pussy. It was pussy. Yeah, and then they went, and then I, 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 I think maybe I was an idiot, and I didn't mm-hmm. think to say vagina. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Uh, Oh, brother. No, but no, but 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 those are good, solid jokes, right? She should get into podcasting. <laughs> no, she's very funny. It's a very funny set. Okay. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I think that. Uh, look, here's the thing. I think I, a couple of points of what you said. I think, you know, I started taking a class. I think classes are good. It's just the fact that, like you said, you have to. Um, upgrade. You have to evolve from mm-hmm. the teachings of that yeah. class. If I mm-hmm. if I still did the same uh, jokes that I did when I was taking Bill Ward's co- comedy class, mm-hmm. I would you know I wouldn't be, I would be worse than I am now. Yeah. Um, I think it's the same with comics who don't take. There are comics who don't take classes, but what yeah. they do instead is they'll go and they'll watch comedians that they like, and then they'll mimic them. Mm-hmm. When we were starting out, or when I was starting out, I don't know. Um, how you felt, but I felt like a lot of guys were imitating Mitch Hedberg. A lot of them. Mitch Hedberg and, and Dane Cook. It, it went either way. Yeah. And I felt like um, I we know somebody who um, who was very similar to Mitch Hedberg and he never evolved from that from that kind of uh, style. And so every mm-hmm. so then he started getting angry because people used to say that he was exactly like Mitch Hedberg. And it's like, yeah, it's true. You mimic him. You're mm-hmm. doing his style because Mitch mm-hmm. Hedberg had a very succinct style where he would do like it was almost like a Stephen Wright where he's yeah. very dry mm-hmm. and he would just kind of deliver the the punchline and then he would deliver, he would just do the setup and then the punchline. It was almost a miss. He was one of those comics who did misdirects almost mm-hmm. like he would do. Yeah. Uh, it was like a, a th- where you thought it was going one way and then he would turn it and it would go somewhere, mm-hmm. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wish that there had been a comic there to kind of tell, see the, the problem I had is because these, because Ross and Jane don't have, I know them firsthand. So that's why I can call them by their first names. They mm-hmm. were really good friends mm-hmm. um, because old Ross, old Ross boss and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jane, the Virgin, um, which is what I nicknamed them mm-hmm. um, because they, uh, they don't have cop. They don't have no uh, understanding enough about stand up. I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I wouldn't call myself an expert, but I know enough about stand up to say you had, like you said, you have good bones, or you just need to restructure it. Like they, they had good intuition. Like a uh, uh, Jujubee had that joke where she talked about how she, uh, her thing is she likes unstable men, and um, so her favorite idea of a guy is that she likes a guy who could rob her, but then also help to lo- her to look for things, mm-hmm. look for the things that he robbed. And then at the end, she said, and I like scavenger hunts. And I think it was, I forgot if it was Ross or Jane said, well, I think the, I think that that's a little backwards. And I think they had a good intuition of that. You need to say the scavenger hunt thing before the, I like a guy who can rob me and then help me, help me look for thing, the things that he robbed me. And I think it's saying, if you had just said that you would have told her, 
you know, Jujubee, hey, your joke is solid. You have a good idea. You just need to shorten the premise, and then you need to put the the, sca- the scavenger hunt thing before the punchline. You don't a call. A lot of people think a callback is just um, a reference, uh, a continuation of the um, uh, of the joke. It's not. It's a reference to the joke. It's it's a secondary punchline. So just referencing, just adding extra words to the joke is not a callback. <laughs> Well, I would see, again, once again, I, and I want to say I'm not necessarily saying that Judy Carter's structure is the be all and end all comedy. I don't at all. But what I would say in this short time frame, when they have a couple of days, I would say you just have to do the, the, the structure, this Judy Carter structure. And I would say I would have given like she has Juju has the premise. Right. And I would just have her say, say, you know, the hard, weird, scary, stupid, the uh, guy in the scavenger hunt. But then I would have her act out the, the scavenger hunt. That's the funny part is acting out her going on a, isn't that what the, the joke was? Going on a scavenger hunt? Yeah. She and, basically is that she, she, her ideal man is somebody who would steal stuff for her and then help her look for the things. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then I would act that out. <clears throat> like, again, like, Babe, where am I? Uh, where am I diabetic? Where's my insulin? Getting warmer. <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. she's like walking around. Cold, yeah. cold. No, cold, cold, cold. cold, you know? cold I'm not saying that's the right. Yeah. We're doing it on the fly. But what I'm saying is, yeah. that's where the funny is in the act out. And that would have been the advice for her. She had, like I'm saying, she had good bones, but then they were they were leading her down the wrong path because they're not stand up comics on what how to have turned that into a stand-up comedy bit again i think you would agree with me a lot of lay people think that stand-up comedy is just talking and it's not it's actually probably i would say of you're the queen of all these different comedy styles i would say it's the most regimented and structured yes well and i i view it like a literary essay where a literary essay, you know, you have your regular essay, you have your introduction, and then you get to your <laughs> thesis in the introduction. Your literary essay is you say your thesis right in the first sentence. Yeah. And then you and then you write your essay. And literary essays were so hard for me because I'm used to bullshitting yeah. in an essay. And I think that's the problem with a lot of people who are talkers is they're used to getting to the point. And you want to get to the point almost immediately. Yeah. You want right. to like state, you want to use as few words as possible to get to get to the punchline. Yeah. And um but yeah, it's, it's you know, all about yeah, concision. Yeah. Seinfeld, um, <laughs> I don't know, I think it was Orny Adams. Orny mm-hmm. Adams, remember that documentary, The Comedian? Yeah. He wrote his punch he wrote his setups on one note card and his punchline and his punchlines on the other note card. And he essentially would just like constantly re-edit his setups to that he could he could get to the punchline faster. Sam Tripoli <clears throat> I'm just talking to Lori now. Sam Tripoli gave me some great advice once about how what he did was every time he did a set, he would record it and then he would literally transcribe it. Now there are places that will just do that for you, but he would transcribe it every, uh, every pause, everything transcribe it. Right. And then he would go through and cut out as many extra words as possible. Like anytime he had an extra word, he was just trying like, Take out us. Try let, listen to when he said uh. Listen to when he paused. Listen to this word. He would play like it. I mean, you literally analyze it to the point where um, it's it's almost like it's it's like it's like a weird like piece that you've written at the end. But it's taking something very unstructured, not unstructured, but very like big. And then it's about listening and 
and, and editing and editing and editing it down to it's the shortest so you can get to the short. Yeah, you're right. Getting to the punchline as quickly as possible with the fewest amount of words. It's about an economy of words. It really is. Yeah. So I think that, so then that's why I think the problem was, is then they had her do roasting. And then I got to be honest, I don't know what the hell happened with Blair. I don't know what they did. They edited the shit out of that scene to mm. where I legit don't think we're, that we're still, we we're still in the rehearsal. Rehearsed. We're still in the rehearsal. No, no, no. I'm talking oh. about the rehearsal. They edited the shit out of that to see to, to the point where I don't, think what we saw was actually what the judges saw Mm -hmm. because they made it seem like she killed they were like she has so many jokes she did like maybe two jokes well yeah we didn't see what she did yeah and they said she has so many jokes she wrote so many jokes they were like she's great she's gonna do great she's got all her jokes and we didn't see any notes we didn't see anything well it's not a good sign when the second she walks in Jane Krakowski's licking her ass because she follows her on Instagram yeah that was weird you know, uh, look, here's the deal. Blair, I, let me see what I have here. Like, well, I said, I wrote in my notes, is this a roast? Because this is not, like you said, roast and stand-up comedy are two different things. To go back to Juju, I guess we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about when we talk about her actual act. You could argue that roasting is, is part of stand-up comedy because there are comedians who do that. But I would go so far as to say that that is like, you know, that's like dirty comics. That's like yeah. um, storytelling comics. Those are comics who have already sort of figured out the joke structure yeah. and can yeah. then move forward and do other things. Well, yeah, but when you have people like Lisa Lampanelli or um, Ian um, Bag, you know, it's one of these things when you perform as much as they do, they, you know, to go, well, actually we'll use Bianca Del Rio. Uh, uh, the insult comics essentially build up what, re, what Bianca called a Rolodex of hate. And so when they do their shows, they do a lot of crowd work, but th- they're not making it up on the spot. I mean, people for the no. most part are all very similar. So they just plug in the different jokes based on the audience that, that they have. And um, but Ian Bag and Lisa Lampanelli do a lot of crowd work and and so does Bianca Del Rio to some people who listen to. Yeah, um, I mean, crowd really, work is great, but, but it doesn't play on TV. That's why Ian Bag's never done well. Is it, 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 crowd work doesn't play on TV. Kira Soltanovich. Kira Soltanovich is an amazing comedian, but she does a lot of crowd work. And it when she her special, there was a disconnect because look, I think she's still very funny, but she is mostly crowd work. Yeah, you're right. And when you're in the like when you're in an audience, actually, you have this energy where you are a unit. And so when they're doing crowd work in front of you. He's like, oh, it's that guy. We're it's us, you know. But when you're watching on TV, there's a disconnect where you're like, I don't know who this guy is, right? And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, then so we had Blair. I also said, I was also like, why are they talking about how funny Blair is? That is so weird. Which, by the way, it wow. came up earlier um, during the workroom. They were saying how Blair has been cracking up the judges. I don't remember. I don't that. know. I don't know either. Anyways, move on to Miss Cracker. She does her uh her stuff and she's just I don't know. She it's was just... the only one who I felt like kind of knew the game. Mm-hmm. Like she knew that the producers were going to lamb like edit it so it looked like she didn't do well. And I think she like legit had things that she was like, This is what I'm working on, or this, you know, but I think she had stuff in her back pocket that was like, Oh, this is 
Also, she didn't use half, even like a tenth of the energy that she used on stage, mm-hmm. which that she's a comic. She's like Sebastian Maniscalco. Have you ever like I was one time I love Sebastian Maniscalco. I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. I watched I've watched all his specials. And one time my aunt was listening to him and I was in the other room and I was like, oh, wow, he's not like as hilarious like when you're not watching him. Mm-hmm. When you see him in his delivery and everything, he's hilarious. But when mm-hmm. you're just listening to the words he's saying, mm-hmm. he's not like, it's not like amazingly funny. Mm-hmm. So I think that Miss Cracker is kind of like that. She's, she knows that her delivery is what's going to get her through. Look, I'm going to say something that might be deemed controversial, but I'm just, I'm talking comedy and the art of comedy, right? But that's something that's well known with black comics is if you listen to a lot of very funny black comics, particularly comics, black comics who play very specifically to black audiences. Okay. The way that they deliver a joke is so, and it shows you how important delivery is that the way they deliver a joke is so effective and so powerful and so good that if you actually wrote down the joke and showed it to somebody, they wouldn't laugh, right? But if you heard this person delivering the joke, you would be crying on the floor laughing. I remember the comic. Now, he might not be well-known to most audiences, but he's well-known on, like, the black comedy circuit where, like, um, Cat Williams became famous and whatnot. His name's Earthquake, right? Oh, and I've, I love I've, Earthquake. I've heard Earthquake do jokes that I'm like, when I actually thought about it, he has a joke about Michael Jackson and his kid going to Michael Jackson. Let me I can find it. Where you, if you actually think about it, it's kind of hacky, you know? Um, and uh, let me see. Here we go. This is okay. This is from yeah, This might be it right here, right? So I'm going to play. Uh, we'll play a little bit of it so you can hear. But when you actually think about what he's saying, it's like kind of hacky. But he's so good at delivering it that you're like, it's so funny. And I don't know what we're going to do with Michael Jackson. This nigga just don't get it. Now, by the way, this is in 2005. Uh, Michael Jackson's still alive. Ooh, my ass. I don't understand this. What's up with him and all these naps? This the most sleepover nigga I ever met in my goddamn life. Shouldn't you be working on an album, motherfucker? What are these sleepovers? These naps are costing you. Find another way to show your love with the kids. Take them to Chuck E. Cheese, a picnic, or something, motherfucker. But these naps are costing you. He lost $20 million over misunderstanding. He said, come on, I thought this was his first offense. Shit, if I lost 20 cents, I wouldn't even hang with short people no more. No, you got to come to my earlobe. Back up, motherfucker. By the way, act out. There you go. See? Then everybody talking about he can't go to jail. Shit. If Martha Stewart can go to jail, every nigga could go to jail. <laughs> so, you see, like, the joke itself, it's not that groundbreaking even then. No. You know? But but it, it's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's a, I also think there's a, a part of stand-up that's like a, a unique take on a universal truth. Mm-hmm. And one of the universal truths of Michael Jackson is that, you know, he possibly molested, probably molested children. Mm-hmm. And so he's taking it to be like, you know, he's basically talking about it in a different way. Um, I also, there, there's a really funny, uh, oh, what's his name? Who's the guy who hosts Family Feud? He has like Steve a mustache. Harvey. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey has probably one of my favorite bits um, of 
the woman who, uh, God, I, we, I did an episode of her on bloody podcast where she, she drowned her kids and then claimed that a black guy took her kids. Oh yeah. Kids. Uh-huh. I don't remember her name, but yeah. Um, he does a great of like, sure it'll what be in the it would chat be like in three seconds. Okay. Uh-huh. What? Sorry. It'll be in the chat room in three seconds. Go ahead. Oh, he does a great, um, uh, what it would it be like if a black, if, if a guy kidnapped a black woman's kids and like, mm-hmm. just shows her like running after and then taking off her shoe and throwing her shoe. At the, mm-hmm. at the car. And it's just like, you know, it's like, yeah. Is it, is it like, is it groundbreaking? No, mm-hmm. but is it, is it funny? Yeah, it's great. Susan Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that, um, yeah, I think, I think there, look, I think there are, co- there is comedy that is, is mostly based off delivery mm-hmm. and uh, Chris De, De Ilia again, I, I can't pronounce his last name. He's a one, he's one, he's almost all delivery. Dane Cook, all mm-hmm. delivery. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's really, they really go off of their facial expressions mm-hmm. and their, you know, their ability to sort of do really big act outs. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I will also, I wanted to bring up a point about Blair, mm-hmm. which, because you've mentioned before that they've, um, and I, I don't know if, how you feel about this, but I get frustrated when people talk about the, like, attractive-ish people being funny, mm-hmm. because it's like, well, they're not really funny. Um, and they said that about Blair and I, my problem is, and this happens a lot with women more than Mm -hmm. men, I feel like, Mm -hmm. but you, I could, I, even though I don't necessarily think I'm the, I don't think I'm the funniest person, but I have a lot of schooling and I've been doing it for a while. So I can confidently say that I understand comedy in a certain light. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a certain way. And people might not look at me as an expert, but I Mm -hmm. understand comedy, right? I will never be as funny as an attractive woman who is kind of funny, who says funny things sometimes. Yeah. Like I will never be as funny as her. And that's because people, for some reason, an attractive person who's kind of funny is the funniest person in the world. But that's why, and I'll use a perfect example for you. A lot of hot women, when they lose their looks, or at least society deems that they've lost their looks, go crazy because they believe the hype. And they think that they are everything that they said is funny and smart. And then once men stop treating them like being funny and smart, they lose their fucking minds. I'll give you a perfect example is this Heather Locklear. The second Heather Locklear was no longer deemed the hot girl. She went ape shit bananas because why wasn't everybody laughing at her jokes anymore? Why wasn't she funny? They, and not all the time, but she's a perfect, you know, textbook example of, is they the power they had dissipates because men and I'm not I'm sure Heather Locklear is still a beautiful woman, but a lot of men probably stopped paying as much attention to her because there was a new hot thing that they wanted to pay attention to, and she lost her goddamn mind, you know. So um, yeah, uh, who um, uh, Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan's another person. She went. Renee Zellweger went cuckoo bananas. They all go cuckoo bananas. Uh, All right, let's move on to Shea Coulee. She goes on there. She doesn't know how to do stand-up, admittedly. And I thought, now, I'm not a black person, uh, and so uh, I don't know if this is offensive, but I was sort of, my my antennas went up when Ross said to her, like, you know, she's doing her thing, and then she says, you know, Whoopi Goldberg. And I was like, you've made no other comparisons to black uh, comedians 
why all of a sudden now there's a black person on stage trying to do comic and you're telling her she should be like Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I also felt like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I like Whoopi Goldberg, but I also yeah, felt no, no, like no, it's I know like, you're right. But I also felt like it was like he was trying to say Bill Cosby, but he didn't want to say Bill Cosby. <laughs> so he's like, uh-huh. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Because I was like, who do we know who's who who was a well known storytelling stand-up? Mm-hmm. Whoopi Goldberg, of yeah. course. Yeah. No. Yeah. We're all thinking Bill Cosby, but we're gonna say Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. No, you're, I think you're right. I didn't even think about that. I think you're right. Um, uh, no, I agree. I think that, um, I don't know. I Look, I think uh, I'm torn because I feel like they did give her some good advice in that to talk about her, you know, what happened to her. Oh, you think that was good but advice? I think it was. I think it was good advice for her to talk about it and to kind of demystify it mm-hmm. because it's, it's one of those things where it was at least something that connected the audience. Cause everybody there, you know, all the judges know what happened. So then yeah. they can like, you know, they can understand where she's coming from. But I just feel um, but like I, episode two, if this was a challenge that would have been good episode seven before the like we've they've beaten, she's done an outfit about this. They did something else about it. I'm like they've beaten this to death. You know, I just think that um, I don't know. I just think that I thought I thought it was a little weird how what you know how they kind of talked to her. It reminds me a lot of um, Groundlings class I took, and there was this uh, gay black guy in it, and mm-hmm. he was very funny, and he would write sketches where he was just like, you know, he was just he was really into tennis, and he would mm-hmm. talk about you know he would write jokes about being into tennis, mm-hmm. and then the our our teacher who I actually really liked. But she was very much a groundlings person, mm-hmm. and she would be like, "This doesn't work. You need to be sassier. You need to you need to come out and be like, hey, girl, you know, like you need to do that.'" And I'd be like, "It's about it's not about him being like a sassy guy. Like mm-hmm. it's about you know." So I think that I think they kind of had that attitude of like, "You need to come out and you need to showcase your, you know, your 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 uh, mm-hmm. be like, hey, how you how's everybody doing." You know, that's my that's my interpretation. Of yeah, that. it's really odd. Yeah, that, that, that you're doing a character? Yeah, that's my new character. I'm working on it. Yeah. What do you guys think? All right, all right, all right, Lori. Here's the deal. Why don't we, uh, look. We've, we've no, bela- I want to talk more about this. <laughs> we've belabored this point. Uh, but let's actually, let's actually, because I, I pulled the audio from the stand-up. So let's actually right. pull it and analyze that. That's what people want, right, is to hear is analyze to death. Oh, you know what? I even get to this. Let me actually read from the script. Uh, Elimination day. Juju B struggles to understand Shay's outfit. Blair boasts about her badass breakdown and Shay reveals that she really wants to win. I do want to talk about this for a second because it's very frustrating to me. And I talked about a little bit at the beginning. This Shay Coulee, she's like, guys, you don't understand. After the rose petal thing, I was devastated and depressed. I need this win. And we're like, bitch, they all need the win. Yeah. Juju has come close two other times. Why doesn't Juju have need to win then? I here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a producer thing. Because I feel like the producers are in her head being like, Oh, do you feel like you really want this win after the whole rose petal thing? Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that she brings it up this much. I just mm-hmm. think it's a little weird. But yeah, it's definitely this uh, you see this a lot on Ink Master, guys, if you if you want to watch Ink Master. Where people are like, no, this is mine, guys. 
I have to win this. Everybody it's just like, fucking I, leave right now because it's my fucking crown. Yeah. It's exactly. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. And it's like, okay, you know, there's other people competing. Just yeah. FYI. And they want it just as bad as you do. Uh, all right. Here. And by the way, I'm not saying that necessarily that that she's wrong. Right. I'm not saying that, you know, I will say so far. Well, I don't know, man. I'm going to tell you for my money. Juju is the winner of this season. She's I been, feel like Shay has kind of been falling Mm-hmm. falling a little bit although i do feel like she did a good job this episode and we'll get into it towards the end but i think she could possibly win it because the the finale i think is in her wheelhouse so the the uh competition the maxi challenge for the finale i think is in her wheelhouse so all right here we go here we go um we're gonna start the stand-up here we go welcome to rupaul's shady shack it's the- by the way first up it's jujubee the grand opening also, okay can i just say how shitty is that stages for stand-up it's hot it's way up high the audience is so far apart and so far away and it's like it's just such a shitty environment for Mm stand-up okay that's right also if you want me to stop just put your finger up laurie and i'll I'll stop the audio okay okay here we go and i want to say i am so happy to see all of you here i see some new faces i see some old faces i see some new old faces (laughs) work no really like lots yeah uh so right away i feel like she i don't necessarily um get that bit i think she should have said i see some new new faces because new old faces doesn't make sense no. Oh, wait. New old. Well, I think what she's she's making a plastic surgery joke. I know, but she because if you're getting plastic surgery, it's a new face. So I'm seeing some new new faces. I think that's I think why they, there was I, I think they can both the work. I think they can both work. You have to think about. First of all, it's a hacky joke. We've heard it a million. Well, times. she also. She also, uh, I feel like, okay, so we didn't talk about this earlier, which I feel like we should have, but there is a, there is a thing in uh, standup where you want to let the audience know your POV, your point of view, right out of the gate. You mm-hmm. want to tell them about themselves. That's why a lot of comics kind of, when they first, when they're doing competitions or when they're introduced to an audience, they'll just basically state their name. They'll be like, hey, yeah. my name's Lloyd Roncamp, you know, and then they'll make fun of their name or something. Yeah. Just to kind of get the audience on their side mm-hmm. and let them know a little bit about who they are. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like, well, you can't fault Jujubee or any of these queens because they didn't have that advice, mm-hmm. but we still don't know who Jujubee is. R- right out of the gate, we don't know. By the way, I want to do a little, I, I didn't do a Patreon plug. I'm going to do a Patreon plug. Because people might not know this. People on Patreon know this. But um, uh, if for those of you out in not Patreon land, after uh, it's, it's going to happen the next month or two. I don't know if it's after Drag Race Canada or after this is done. Lori, myself, and comedy legend Jay Ellis, we are going to take six drag queens who are vying to be on RuPaul's Drag Race. And we are going to coach them on that now right now it's just we're just coaching them on their snatch game characters i think for season two i don't know if we get the same queens or we get new queens and we teach them how to do stand-up we'll get shannon for that one not jay ellis shannon's also shannon also happens to be a, a comedy coach she would be good because she she's actually be. a teacher and i think, and I think so she would she... actually do it here we go yeah and lots and lots of work <laughs> shay your lips michelle your titties 
And you over here, I know them shoulders are fake, baby. You weren't born with those shoulders. Mm-hmm. Now that you came out, why? Talking, yeah, I don't know why that's funny. Why does she know those shoulders are fake? No, I think that the premise is obviously no one has fake shoulders. I think that's the joke. Oh, okay. I was thinking that she should explain more. She should yeah. be like, "Why? You, I know those shoulders are fake because your neck is, you know, skinnier than a mofo." It, it, again, you can't do crowd work on TV, and especially since she hasn't. She has. You also need a lot of time to establish who you. I've talked about this before. To do crowd work, especially where you're going to insult people, you have to spend at least five minutes talking shit about yourself. Because then it gives you, yeah. all right, this person's talk shit on themselves. Ha ha ha. Now he, it's not, if you just go up on stage, ran like, dun dun da 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 da, and then you go up on stage and then you're like, hey, I'm Joe Batanz. Hey, you fat pig in the front. You're like, whoa, who the fuck yeah. is this? Right. You also need to like, ex- you also need to explain. Like, she should have been like, you know, Shay, your lips look like a ass, uh, a prolapsed asshole. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Michelle, your your titties look like two torpedoes ready for launch or something. She needed to be more ex- like descriptive about it. just saying like, Shay, your lips, Michelle, your titties like that. That's not there's nothing co- yeah. comedic about that. Yeah. Ross, I am so glad you're here tonight. People don't know that you actually wrote a book. Now, now we're not in stand-up territory. We're in roast. This is a roast. The, she is fully committing to the roast. This is a roast joke. Yeah. Well, that's all she has, though. She only has roast material. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Blair. So a book. But then, but then, if she only has roast material, if we're, if we're going from the roast perspective, the shoulder thing didn't work because in a roast, it's unfair to do crowd work. It's it's really you just stick to the dais because. Yes. Uh, that person didn't sign up to be roasted. You know, that person is there to watch a roast. You just stick to the day. You don't make fun of people in the audience. All right, here we go. Yes. Is a whole bunch of pages <laughs> with words. Ross, you know, I love you. And I did try to buy your book online. And it basically said people who bought this book also searched for Chardonnay, <laughs> lip gloss, <laughs> a life. <laughs> I felt that there could have been a third, better third there. Yeah, a boyfriend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or some, um, or or you could have um, a really heightened and been like a suicide note, <laughs> <laughs> a different a, book. Yeah, oh, a different. Yeah. Well, because she said, "Here's the thing." Again, I think the the trouble is in the setup. She said she tried to buy her book, so the then it would have been funnier if it said that. Oh, sorry, we're we're this book is not uh, being sold to anybody because too many people have been killing themselves after reading yeah. this book or something, something along those lines. But if yeah. you say, Oh, I bought your book and the, and Amazon told me that people, you know, so it, the whole time I was thinking, well, what happened? How, why couldn't she buy the book? Cause she mm-hmm. said, I tried to buy your book. Anyway, I noticed that Gwyneth Paltrow wrote the intro to your book. Isn't it? Again, it doesn't make sense. If you tried to buy it and you weren't successful, how did, you how know did you that, notice yeah. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of people who, which I hate, but this reminds me of people who toggle back and forth between I have a girlfriend and I'm single. And it's because either at some point they were single and they wrote a bunch of jokes about being single and now they have a girlfriend. And so they're writing jokes about being, uh, having a girlfriend or vice versa. And they don't want to get rid of either. So they'll be like, I have a girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. No, I'm kidding. I'm single. And it's like, well, why, why would you, (laughs) Why would you say that? that the lady who, who could convince millions of women out there to stick stones in their pussy still not be able to convince them to buy your book? <laughs> I thought 
this was actually kind of solid. That's a good joke. The jokes get a little better from here. I think that's not a bad joke, though. But it's all just roast. It's She's a roast. She's not joke. doing any yeah. jokes about herself or yeah. anything. It's a roast joke. I'm wondering. You know what's so funny is, I'm wondering. Well, we'll, we'll get to we we'll get that. Joke. I wish I had one blonde joke, but she's sitting over there. <laughs> that's a hacky joke book joke. Yeah. That's like um, that's like that joke uh, that so many I see so many guy comedians do where they're like, some guy stole my wife's credit card, but I haven't canceled it because he, he spends less than she does. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I think I've been a little harsh tonight, but you know what? This ain't RuPaul best friend race. Michelle already won that. Thank you. <laughs> now, the way Michelle reacts, and I think this is my theory, they do all these cruises together. So Juju's probably done a million cruises with Michelle, and they and they, they replicate uh, RuPaul challenges on these cruises. They'll do a snatch game. They'll do something like that, right? This joke sounds like something that's a tried and true joke from the cruise that Juju was just pulling out of her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, Michelle- and that Michelle's heard a hundred times. Michelle. I think of you like I think of my mom. Resentfully. <laughs> now that joke wouldn't be horrible, but then I think I feel that joke needs a follow-up. And then also like yeah. it's it's kind of a hacky joke, and we could see it coming from a mile away. And then two, like, how do you end on that? Yeah, that was a weird ending. Yeah. We know nothing about Juju B from her. We know nothing about Juju B, her mom, like Yeah. Thank you. This is Blair now. And this we're going to talk because I do agree with you, Lori, because I don't remember about Cracker or Shay, but for sure Juju was holding notes and Blair was holding notes. Blair was the worst of them. I will. I forgot to mention that, too, is that, look, I I brought notes on stage before. I sometimes it's hard for me to remember. You have what's called a set list, which usually Mm -hmm. comics will write. Um, usually they'll write a word or they'll write like the beginning of the, yeah. of the, of the joke to kind of remind themselves. What's um, funny is you ever do that show in LA where <clears throat> a funny premise, because everyone should know your set list is for you is just, it's not your joke written out. It's just like the key word that you need to yeah. remember the joke. And it might be some word that you remember. So it, it, if you saw the list, it would look very bizarre. It might be like baby pyramid, uh, yeah. Coke bottle glasses, dancing with shoes you know and have you ever seen i used to have a lot of them i would say Mm -hmm. i would write on the cover my set Mm -hmm. list Mm -hmm. so i remember one time i went to school and this woman was like what the hell and (laughs) she's pointed to my cover and i had 9-11 virgin (laughs) so yeah so um there's a there used to be a show in la i don't know if it's still around where comedians would submit their set list right like everyone in the show would submit their set list and then you'd go on a stage and then for the first time they'd flash on the screen behind you one of the other comics in the show their set list yes. and then you had to I do saw, yeah go ahead i saw it in uh it was at ucb i think oh, okay yeah and then you have to do a show based on what you thought the set list was about yeah yeah um so you would have to do jokes based off of what you think the the you know what the main of ba- you know baby feeder would be yeah. and stuff like that. So, but, but there's also advice that comics get when you do when you it, it it. I mean, you can carry your set list, especially at an open mic. But what often many people do, and this is fine, is they take the stool and they just put it on the stool and they'll glance at the stool. You know, they'll put on it. Yeah, or they put uh, some comedians will tape it to their water bottle. Sarah Silverman famously will have it written on the stage, mm-hmm. so she'll have it written in chalk on stage usually. Mm-hmm. So. um 
uh, yeah. So I think that uh, sometimes I used to write it on my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it can be hard, you know. It can be hard to to remember things, but I think in in this kind of format where it's such a short amount of time you really shouldn't be bringing notebooks on stage. Yeah. You should be because like, we'll, and we'll see it. Time gets wasted when you're look, when you, if you forget, because uh, one thing that they don't, one thing that you don't think about, and this is actually true is that mm-hmm. if I usually you think, Oh, I'll bring a notebook on stage. I'll remember you actually forget more. If you bring a notebook. Yeah. On stage. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Here we go. Juju B. Nice try. Oh. I don't know why she thought that joke was going to kill. And they agreed with her. Like, oh, what a great opening line. I'm like. That was so funny. And it was like one of those things where it's like, I wish somebody would have said, well, yeah, that'll be good if she completely bombs. Yeah. Or, was- or, or even like does. Like, here's the thing. It's <laughs> like she either has to. She actually. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. She has to do extremely well. Because. If she bombs, it just looks like you're you're punching down. It looks like you're yeah. shitting on her for doing a shitty job. Yeah. And she was kind of mediocre, so that still doesn't really work. She had to kill in order mm-hmm. for you to say that. Because then it seems like you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, right, I'm go. joking sort of yeah. thing. Michelle Massage is here. I've been told by many that she's the first lady of Jersey. The very first. <laughs> and I feel you stop. I feel you stop because here's what she does here. Then she, she tags and the tag is just the same joke, but worse. Here we go. Of all time. (laughs) I think we got the joke the first time. Don't you think? Yeah. You don't need to. She's like me when I'm talking. Just repetition upon repetition. That's right. You don't need to repeat yourself so much. Were you being funny there? Yes. Now, How much of this is editor manipulation by enhancing the sound, ruffling the papers, showing? We didn't see. Okay. Yeah, I felt like it was a little stage. Yeah. I really make fun of age. I mean, people say all the time, Blair, you look so young. But she's doing an act out, but why is that funny? Also, why is why is a person coming up to her like uh, the the. Uh, extra in a Broadway musical. Yeah. Blair, you look so young. <laughs> I am a grown gay man and I do eat ass <laughs> with the crust cut off. First of all, that's Ooh. gross. That's gross. One, Ooh. yeah. What is the crust? Is it poo? That, yeah, I think what she's talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm assuming every gay man eats. No, I like it, but oh yeah, with the crust. No, I would never. If there was crust, there's nothing going on between me. But that's what I'm saying. Is that like, why is that a brag? Because you know, it's she heard it at some drag show or something like that. Now she's implementing to a joke. One, I would have done the, I would have done the act out. I would have been like, people are always saying to me, I look so young, and I'm like, and then I'm doing an act out of myself. You know, like I am a grown ass gay man, but then I wouldn't do that punch because you know what the thing is is it's not. You, you, that was where you needed to take a turn and there's no turn. You just went gross. Right. Yes. The turn, like, I, I, go ahead. No. What were you going to say? I'm a grown ass man. You know, I eat my, I'll have, you know, I eat my frosted flakes with almond milk or something, you know, something dumb, you know, like that's not even a good joke. Yeah. But like that's the turn. The turn no, is you're I like not that. being grown. Yeah. I like that. I watch my cartoons at midnight. Exactly. I was. La- I wouldn't laugh. I was drinking tea. 
Um, I was actually thinking that she would, she should have done, look, I'm going to say this and it's going to have too many words, Mm -hmm. but she should have done something like, Oh, Blair, you're so, you're such a, you're so young. And then, you know, and then I would be like, well, I'm still going to eat your ass. Right. Or something like that, where it's like, you know, the person saying it is the one she's having sex with. Oh yeah. That is a good joke. You're right. You're right. But there's got to be a way I have, you know, you got to figure out a way to, to, to do it. And then also the crust cut off one, either get rid of it. Or say with the crust on, because yeah. the crust cut off is yeah everybody does that. Nobody wants poop poopy buttholes. Yeah, it, everybody it's, wants you know. So it's like why would you? Why is that a brag? Yeah, like oh with the crust cut off, it's like okay, like no. Yeah. But she's doing that thing where they go dirty. The joke is that it's dirty, but there's no twist. But that's it's not a, yeah. dirty though. No. Like then you would say with the crust on, that would be dirty. Oh, I see what you're saying. So she neither needs, she's not doing, she's There's not no going turns. dirty. Yeah, yeah, here we go. There's no <laughs> now, speaking of crusty assholes, Sam Richardson is here tonight, everyone. <laughs> That's not bad. I got to be ro- honest. Yeah. This is my favorite part of Blair's, and it's not even Blair doing it. It's, she goes, speaking of crusty ass, Sam Richardson. He goes, That's all. And Sam goes, Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Like, and, that, just, and, and that whole, like, I'm going to say something horrible about this person and introduce him and then go, no, that's the joke. That's it. That's so khaki. Right. Yeah, that's no. all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Jane Krakowski, it is so inspiring to have you with us tonight as well. You know, I just can't understand how you keep escaping from the old folks' home. Um, this, I was telling my aunt, I go, this is me trying to roast somebody. Because mm-hmm. I feel like my problem, and we all seen, I don't know, <laughs> well, we haven't all seen it. But I've tried roasting people before on this show, and I... I feel like my problem is I go too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, a prime example is I have a friend of mine who's a, a habitual smoker, smokes like a ridiculous amount and has a very um, apparent cough, coughs mm-hmm. a lot. Like, and it's one of those things where it's like, you're, you're, it's like, yeah, you have a lung disease, dude. Like you, there's something going on. Yeah. And he was having a birthday party and he asked us to have a roast. And so my, I had a joke where I said like, Oh, you're caught. You know, we've all heard him coughing. Uh, you know, we can tell when he coughs because, you know, that's the sure sign that he's going to die from lung cancer. <laughs> and everybody's like, that's not really a joke. That's just a sad reminder. That he- <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, so it's like one of those things where I can't. There is a cutoff with me with roasting. And I feel yeah. like it's the same with Blair. It's like she's just trying to say you're old, but she's not saying it in a fun way that makes it's it seem like she's way. joking. You could she's saying it in a real things. way that's making it seem like, oh, yeah, you think she's really old. Yeah. It, 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 there's a funny – first of all, it's hacky. Two, there's a funnier way of doing that same joke. Like I, I can't even – you know, we're, when, when we're doing it, like we don't think these are necessarily the funniest jokes, either one of them. But like they're like, gosh, off the top of my head, you know, I'm like, like oh, you were on 30 Rock. You know, like uh, – that show ended when I was 10. I don't know, whatever. You know, yeah. What, but that's funnier. It's a different way of saying you're old than, um, uh, or like, oh, you know, you go 30 rock. I heard they're bringing it back, but now you're on it. It's called 60 rock. You know, something like the joke. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> but the joke is not like, you're coming from an old whole person home. You know? I like the 60 Rock one. I yeah. was thinking of actually switching it up mostly. See, this is going to show how bad I am at roasting. But mm-hmm. have it being something along the line of like, oh, uh, Jane Krakowski here. She's not because she had laryngitis, right? Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, she's not talking right now because Tina Fey isn't writing anything funny for yeah, her to ex- say. Exactly. There you go. So it's one of those things where I think it's like you could change it to where – 
you can make fun of her, yeah. but still not make it seem like it's real. And with that joke, I let you could legit see Jane Krakowski go, Oh, she thinks I'm really old. Like, <laughs> like but by the way, she looks not, fantastic. Which is not nice. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. Ross is so important to this show. I mean it only took 10 years of constant appearances for RuPaul to finally make him a permanent judge on the show. That, that, premise, <laughs> that premise line don't make any sense. See, here's where I go from <laughs> yeah. it's so it's bad to yeah. it's so bad it's funny. This is the part of the this is the this is where we became friends. Yeah. Where this is the part of the stand-up if this was a comedy competition, yeah. where we would be next to the light booth with Bill Word making fun of the comic. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. like just Ross is so important to the show. It only took him 10 years to be as a guest judge. Yeah, it's just basically saying what happened. Yeah. I mean, what? Was Tadra Call busy? I'm just Yeah. I mean, yeah. He was I, he was busy. Yeah, I don't get it. See, this is this is what I'm saying. This is where we would be answering from the back where we'd be like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was busy." Like yeah. <laughs> just making ourselves laugh kidding i think what you do he i'm just kidding he just said in a comedy show i'm just yeah you're a fucking comic you're on stage of course and oh, really? in a roast you have to say i'm just kidding it yeah. means that you know that your jokes are too harsh yeah here is so valuable i mean every every destiny's child needs it's michelle <laughs> that was sweetened but that uh, yeah is that for ross yeah or is that for michelle not for ross Oh, every Destiny Child. Michelle Williams. Michelle. Yeah, Michelle, Michelle Williams. Williams. Okay. Yeah. And every judging panel needs that one person to make the guest judges feel just that much more famous. I feel like she said the same. You said it like you said before. She said the same thing, but just in a worse way. Yeah. It's like she should have just left it at every every destiny's child needs a michelle so i want to know what these jokes are because we didn't see many that she brought that ross and jane thought were so funny the only thing that she kept <clears> from <throat> her practice was the uh you know good try jujube yeah and that was it and then apparently she had so many jokes that were great and it's just like what what were the jokes yeah. oh i do declare this is a dumpster fire tonight my name is this joke by the way you're gonna hear is so fucking hacky Blair St. Clair and if you hated me it's Derek Barry now we're going to crack I will say before we do this is the closest I don't think Cracker's funny, but it's the closest set to an actual stand-up set that you would see this is this is a set you would see at the ultimate laugh down well, here's what I was going to say. It's a paint by numbers comedy yes. set. It's uh-huh. very she she uh, she's very um she comes out with a lot of energy, which is mm-hmm. great. Yeah. You know, she comes out with uh she right out of the mm-hmm. gate um you know, I, I would also say I feel like she, I liked her outfit. I feel mm-hmm. like her outfit was more designated to like a she kind of looked like a 80s sitcom mom, you know, mm-hmm. like an 80s mom who's a comedian stand up comedian. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Juju B sort of looked like a pros- uh, sex worker that was found on the street and they asked her if she wanted to do stand up for the night. 
Okay. Like she just had like the weirdest dress on. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I can't remember what Blair was wearing, but Blair, I don't feel like really had. And I felt like, so I felt like uh cracker was dressing the part mm-hmm. and she came out with a lot of energy. So, mm-hmm. you know, good for her. All right, here we go. Let's move on. My name is Miss Cracker, and I am so happy to see people. I don't know if you know this, but if you are a drag race contestant, they do not let you socialize, like, at all. Okay, so now at this point, she should be going to an act out, right? Let's see what happens. They say this is like uh, the Olympics of drag. No, this is like um, Gaetanamo Bay. Please, please help me. There's the act um, out. But there's the act out, but they could have done a better act out. And then, then that means we didn't need that whole premise. You don't need, yeah. You didn't need the whole thing about not, not being able to see people. Yeah. Uh-huh. I am a New Yorker, but like. Hard turn now to this. I'm a New Yorker. Okay. Not in a mean way. Um, I- what does that mean? But then. Not in a mean way. And then I would do again. She talked about how she earlier in a, in a different, I don't know if it's after or before. She talks about how she is a drag. She goes, she rides the subway and drag and people say horrible things to her. That I would have yeah. brought that up and I would have done the act out of what people say to her. I am a Jew. So I get to say it that way. You do not. <laughs> um, but most importantly, I am a drag queen. I've been telling these girls from the beginning, like, let's just be nice to each other tonight. But I guess I'm like Shea Coulee's music because nobody listens to me. You know what I'm That's a roast joke, A. B, why did we get the whole set of that she's a New Yorker, a Jew, and a drag queen, and then she makes a, a joke about Shea Coulee? I think, honestly, I think the New Yorker thing was the joke. I think she thought people were going to laugh and be like, <laughs> yeah, New Yorkers are dicks. Yeah. <laughs> There's this, but you can have a joke that's in, ter- in, ter- in that it, that serves as a set. I don't know stereotype that drag queens have to be like beautiful in their makeup and glamorous and everything. But that- is that a stereotype that drag queens have to be beautiful and glamorous in their makeup? Well, can I tell you something? Uh, my aunt was like, I got to be honest, Lori, I can't pay attention to anything that she's saying because her ass looks so huge. She goes heavy on the padding. Um, yeah. I would say it depends on who you're talking to. You know, I would say, unfortunately, for the general public, they do not see drag queens. I'm not talking about gay audiences. I'm not talking about RuPaul's Drag Race audiences. I'm talking about America, right? Every Warts and all see drag queens as men in dresses. You know? Yeah. That is not necessarily true. Look at Juju, okay? <laughs> Look at her. Another roast joke. What was I saying? Oh, right. Humility and love. That's where it was. <laughs> I don't know. That's not that funny to me. Yeah. It's just, I also, feel like it was just her kind of roasting herself a little yeah, bit. I will say, I mean, good. I will say this is the best of the set, but here we of the of, of the whole lot. So I'm against body shaming completely. Okay. Were you this like one me? I didn't like. This one is weird. Was a weird setup. Well, I saw it coming from a million miles away. Like I was like, oh, here I it did comes. too. But it, if you, I don't understand why people laugh because the setup has nothing to do with the punchline. It's so funny. I think it has to do, and it actually proves my point. It's about the act out that she does of her being like, you know, I worked, you know, and then she does that whole thing where she's like, uh, uh, 
uh, that is funny to them. So it shows you how important the act out is. Um, yeah. Imagine how much funny if it, made, if it connected to the premise. Because I was That's a chubby amazing. kid and I know what body shaming can do to a person. You know, it works. <laughs> See, that's the part that took audience to find. Thank you, everybody, so much. <laughs> and she finishes strong, you know. Hi. All right, so now we're gonna go into Shay. Look, it's my opinion. If I saw that on stage somewhere, I would. I would think that's one of the worst acts of the night. Uh, well, I mean, compared to the other two, I mean, uh-huh. it's the Could, better look, of the. She had energy. Yes. She had delivery. She had yes. act outs. Yes. No, I'm agreeing with you. She's the best one of the night. What I'm saying, though, if I went to a comedy, and I'm not saying, oh, you know, oh, the. I'm talking about a shitty comedy club in Riverside, California, right? If she came out and did that, I'd be like, mm. oh yeah, nobody would laugh. No. Everybody, how you doing tonight? <laughs> Oh, come on. You guys can do better than that. You had Now, this is something you see at a showcase where people have just taken a class. This is something you also see like a host do. Like she was yeah. acting like a host where I've done this before. Where it's like, I can you guys can do better. Let me hear you. Yeah. It's like, Ugh. Miss Cracker's entire set to take a nap. <laughs> come on. So how you doing? See, that I feel like what she wrote down. This is another thing with Blair, the Blair thing where she. Mm-hmm. Okay, look, I like Shay's set, but mm-hmm. she wrote it down where she was going to say that, right? Mm-hmm. But then Cracker did well. So I feel like she should have changed it mm-hmm. to, oh, you had Jujube and Blair's whole set to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Or just Blair, you had Blair's whole set to take a nap. Because yeah. then it would have been like, oh, okay, haha, you know, because it's true. She didn't do very well. Yeah. Right, here we so go. I don't know. Okay. Back to the, back to the set. Tonight. Oh, that's so much better. Ladies and gentlemen, we got the lovely Miss Blair St. Clair here. And you guys, I don't want to ruin too much, but she had a bit of a rough week last week. She failed her driver's test. <laughs> okay. Miss uh, Cracker. Not a, bad, not a bad joke. Again, no. but a, a roast joke. It starts out with a roast joke. Yeah. No. But it, I think I would actually say that's my favorite roast joke of the whole night. Mm-hmm for her I love her she's just she's just so animated larger than life it's like she's a living breathing puppet you know she's got this big head and these tiny little feet and only becomes animated when you put your fist in her <laughs> yeah yeah I like that I think um the only thing is I think I think Shay does things a little backwards where I feel like if she had started with what she ends with, I feel like she would have gotten more people on her side. But I think she starts with the roast jokes and then ends with stuff about herself. Uh, Has anyone in here ever been robbed before? Well, I have. And no, I'm not talking about the finale of season nine. (laughs) Okay. So I understand why she said that because of her segue, but I can't tell you people asking questions in standup is a nails on a chalkboard scenario Mm -hmm. to me. I agree. Because it always allows the audience to answer mm-hmm. and no comic ever wants the audience to no. answer. Mm-hmm. So it's always, it's like, it's like a rhetorical question, but you're not telling the audience that's a rhetorical question. So it's like, I mean, is that you're eating, eating asparagus? 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, and people could be like, yeah, I love asparagus. And mm-hmm. then the comic would be like, uh, well, okay, well, my joke, you know, it's like, it always derails the thing. So it's just like, just get to the fucking joke. Just get to the shit. Just say like, oh, I've been robbed. So I was robbed recently and I'm not just talking about the, <laughs> you know, season finale or yeah. whatever. No, I actually know a story about it. I knew a, a, a an actor who decided to try stand-up comedy. It was a black guy. And he was a black guy who uh, was always cast as the black guy that sounds white. Okay. So he had a joke about being a black guy that sounds white. All right. So he walks out and he goes, anyone here know what the worst part about being black is? This is years ago, by the way. But being black is. And he, he didn't want an answer, but you're right. He gave it to the audience and someone went like, sickle cell anemia you know and it was like well that guy just that that, guy just stole your your thunder yeah now you have to go in about how it's sounding white you know and so like yeah yeah exactly Mm i i uh i one time heckled somebody because they asked like five different questions in a set Mm-hmm. They were like that. That's how they like. It literally was how they started the, all their jokes. They were like, mm-hmm. "Do you guys ever like watching TV while you're eating dinner?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, I love it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just started yeah. answering them because it was like, "Stop asking questions." Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I don't get. I've never understood that. All right, let's finish, let's finish up this comedy set. <laughs> but for real, you know, it's been quite an interesting journey for me. Um, I've been going to therapy, and. For the longest time, I thought that therapy was just for white people with money. And I was wrong. It is also for black people with money. (laughs) I actually like that. I thought that was funny. Not a bad joke. Um, I will say the only thing that I didn't like about it was I felt like it was... I felt the previous joke was stunted. I felt like there should have been more. And so I felt like that joke kind of was... Took a little while for her to get to because... She had to go like, but for real, you know, yeah. which you never, ha- you never need to do. Um, but you seriously, know, folks, uh, yeah. And and I think it took her a little while to get into it, but I actually like that. I like that joke. I thought that was <laughs> but it's kind of embarrassing to tell your therapist that rose petals are one of your triggers. You know. <laughs> For real, like, rose petals have been following me around for the past three years, like I'm James Earl Jones and coming to America. <laughs> the only difference, he had a crown. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's all the time yeah, I have. Um, not only horrible set, uh, I think Blair and Juju were worse. No, I thought I look, I think she had solid punchlines. Mm-hmm. I think she was one of the she was one of the only queens who had she was the only queen who had mm-hmm. solid punchlines. Yeah. She had, um, you know, I mean, the coming to America joke, I felt like could have been shortened. Yeah. And I, I legit think with some reworking, this could have been a really, a really great set, but I thought she did a great job. And this is coming from somebody who doesn't do stand up, And I thought she did a great job. So uh, I liked hers. I liked hers the most. Uh, all right, Lori. Well, that's the maxi channel. We did, of course, as, per, per, as we predicted, it is exactly as long as we thought, but now it's time for the looks category is freak out uh since we've gone so long why don't you just give me a general overall sense of what you, what you thought about the looks this made me miss dragula <laughs> because i felt like all of the dragula queens would have done this so much better yeah and it wouldn't have been so much weirder and i was just like and it, like blair st Clair's outfit i was just like did i think she just legit forgot that she was supposed to do something and then just mm-hmm. went into like different people's like suitcases and grabbed things that they didn't need mm-hmm 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't I, like. Yeah, this at I all. felt like Cracker was closest when she came out, but then she took off the mask, and it was just a glamour queen underneath. Yeah. Yeah. So this this made me miss. I wish I wish. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't that impressed by the looks this week. I was just like, and for some reason, three of the four queens thought freak out meant you wear super colorful neon clothes, colors. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, Juju Bees I thought was obviously the best, but other than that, well, those are the looks. (laughs) Back in the workroom, Cracker wins the challenge, but she's torn about her win. Blair recognizes she choked in the challenge. Juju and Shay emotionally plead their cases to stay for the finale, but spoiler alert. Everybody wants to win the crown. Did you have any I'm big discussions that. about the the jury time in the backstage? It wasn't really. It was just how um, much they love each other. Yeah, it was just also it, as soon as like Miss Cracker was actually kind of getting on my good side. I felt like mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I actually I respect her and blah blah. And then mm-hmm. she just went back to the same old usually usual smarmy Cracker, and yeah. I was like, ugh, never mind. I don't like you. I want you to go away. So uh, yeah, that was it. All right, back on the main stage this week's lip sync assassin is Kennedy Davenport from season seven and All Stars three. The song "Fancy" by Reba McIntyre. Miss Cracker wins the lip sync, pulls out her lip sync, and reveals that the next queen going home is Blair St. Clair. Before dismissing the safe queens from the stage, RuPaul gets a surprise phone call that leaves the girls puzzled. Lloyd Roggenkamp, any final thoughts on the episode? Anything that was really important that you didn't get to discuss? Or anything about what we just talked about? I, I do want to talk about Fancy. I want to talk about Kennedy. And I want to talk about all that jazz. But um, I legit don't give a shit about the phone call. Um, yeah. I feel like RuPaul was trying to make something out of it. And I was like, <laughs> I don't care. Um, it doesn't. It, it's like, if you're not going to tell us, then who gives a shit? Yeah. Uh, but uh, she was acting her ass off. Yeah. Um. Have you ever watched, did you ever watch South Park? Yes. Okay. Do you know the episode where the boys play uh, baseball and they realize that baseball is really boring, so they try and lose, Mm -hmm. but then they find out that other teams are trying to lose, so essentially it's just they keep moving on because other teams are losing better Mm -hmm. than they are. Yeah. Um, And I feel like that was... And so then the the last game of mm-hmm. uh, of the of their like this World Series of Little League is two teams who really don't want to win, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to lose the most. Um, I felt like that was Kennedy and Miss Cracker. I felt like they were both desperately trying not to win the lip sync, mm-hmm. and you could see it on Miss Cracker's face when she won that she was like, oh, "I didn't want this to happen." Yeah, she was so happy that she didn't have to win. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh... Yeah, although I see what you're saying. Yeah, she didn't want to win. But she did win the $20,000. Now, I will say this. Um, again, I like the song Fancy. We talked about this a little bit. Just not a good song for a lip sync for your life. Uh, I don't know. I feel like in the right hands, it could have been done very well. I felt like these two, I don't think that they really brought anything to it. I feel like Kennedy, for some reason, didn't, like, she glanced at the lyrics and then was like, mm-hmm. I, I'll get the gist. Yeah. And uh, and then I felt like again, Miss Cracker, who who's her coach when she does? Does she have a coach? Is that her coach just a bunch of arms tat, uh, stitched to a body? Because she just for some reason has decided that pointing is her way to go. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why she's so adamant that she just needs to point. She's like a flight attendant showing the the security exits or the mm-hmm. the pl- airplane exits. she's just constantly pointing to different sides of the theater and it's just mm-hmm. like all right do something other than pointing for the love yeah. of god yeah 
Uh, okay. Well, you know, again, I think, you know, Kennedy was told not to do, not to go for it because it's just, that was not the Kennedy. You could argue about whether she's a great lip syncer or not. That's just not the Kennedy. I know just to walk around, like showing off her cape and stuff like it. Maybe she didn't know the words as well. Cause there were a lot of words and she, she was, but then I feel dancing would have hidden that she didn't know the words. I don't know. It seemed like she threw in the towel and I feel like, I wonder if she was coached to throw in the towel. I wonder if they said, because if you think about it, I think I'm assuming this is the last lip sync for the crown and a chance to win a $10,000 tip or $20,000 tip. So if Cracker didn't win, then that $20,000 is just hanging there. Does that make sense? So in order to sort of, they need to sort of clear the the bank, so to speak. I um, just can't imagine that a, a queen would come out there and actively not do a good job. It just seems weird to me. And I, from what I've seen of Kennedy, I just don't feel like she just did a good job. I don't think she practiced. I don't think, I think she just thought she right. was going to show up and just do, and it people were just going to love her and she's going to do great. And, you know, she, I don't think she just, I just don't think she did a good job. Yeah, you could be right. Well, we have a final three, Lori Roggenkamp. We have Shay, Kool-Aid, Ms. Cracker, and Jujube. Uh, I'm team Jujube. I don't know if she's going to win. I mean, it, it, the show has been hinting heavily that, it, that Shay's going to win and Shay's basically told us she's going to win. But I'm team Jujubi. What about you? I'm really worried that they're going to give it to Cracker. I'm really, I'm starting to freak out now because I feel like we all, we're all seeing something that they're not seeing and they're, because they keep giving Cracker wins and I feel mm-hmm. like they're going to give it to Cracker. Oh, but interesting. Um, I think that, you know, that's my fear. But I also think that, um, I think I'm going to stay team Shay mm-hmm. just because I feel like she showed herself uh she she i feel like she rose up in in the stand up comedy challenge i felt like she did a good job and also you know the the maxi challenge for next episode is a singing and in dancing and that's kind of like she did so well in the second episode of the season with mm-hmm. that that i feel like it's really hers to lose right. so but i mean if juju won i'd be i'd be happy with it right. so i just anybody but cracker <laughs> i think that's Everybody's feeling it as well. But we're going to have to leave it there, Lori. We've done uh, almost three hours of shows today. Um, even though it's only two hours for this, we did a whole Just Between Us Girls, and my brain's going to fry. So that's going to do it for this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race all-Stars Season 5. So for Lori Roggenkamp and myself. Sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drag Race Recap. For more Drag Race and LGBTQ content, support us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Lori Roggenkamp on Twitter at PickleMyth. She also has other podcasts like The Bloody Podcast and Lori and Colin Have an Episode. They're available wherever you get your podcasts. You can also support Lori on Patreon at patreon.com slash bloodypodcast. Follow Joe Batanz on Instagram at Joe Batanz. This episode was produced by Luke Stamen. 
Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.